Good evening from Plughead Studios in Largo, Florida. I'm Scott. I'm Avram. And we are here with episode 528 of F5 Live, Refreshing Technology, for Sunday, June 2nd, 2019. This show is a proud part of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. This week, facial recognition goes to school. Xbox goes to the competition, and iTunes goes out to pasture. Wherever you are and however you're accessing our show, whether it be on uh, social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, on uh, any of the podcatchers, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, the Podcast Play app in the Windows Store, um, the myriad of others like Spotify and TuneIn, uh, on um, any of our live stream platforms, livestream.com, Periscope, Mixer, Twitch, Facebook Live, and YouTube Live, or of course on our website, plughitslive.com. Thank you for making us a part of your day. Um, like I said, this here is F5 Live, Refreshing Technology, the flagship show on the Plugins Live family of content. Um, there are two ways that you can join us. The first is Sunday nights at about 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, you can go to f5live.tv slash join us. And there you can chat with us in the studio during the show. Give us your feedback on the topics as we talk about them. We always love that. Or if you can't join us live, that is okay. Plugkidslive.com slash subscribe will show you uh, all of our shows, including F5 Live, The Pilch Point, um, Plug Hits Live Presents, which is the new name for the, uh, the special events feed, uh, and a myriad of others as well, uh, and all the different ways that you can join us. Um, I guess that's the spiel. Uh, I want to thank those of you who are joining us back after our, our hiatus. It wasn't until tonight that I realized that F5 Live was not on at all during the month of May. So uh. <laughs> we we definitely apologize for our our absence, but May was a very strange month um, with collision and all kinds of stuff going on. But the good news is uh, we're back and uh, we're here. So hooray, Abram. It's... It, it's not unusual for us to not have a show and you and I not to talk during that time. So how yes. have you been? Okay. Uh, I'm still backward. I still, right now I think it's like nine in the morning, uh -huh. which is probably good um, for, for now. But uh, yeah. Until you know, tomorrow morning. I, yeah. Until tomorrow morning when I think it's, it's nine at night. Um, you know, it takes me a while to get over, uh, be, get over being a Computex, so uh, being in Taiwan with the 12-hour time difference. So, you know. Yeah. Uh, that, 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 that always is... Uh, any kind of time change is confusing, but a full 12-hour time change must take a long time to, to revert both ways. Yep. So, obviously, we'll be talking about Computex later, but overall, how was it? Oh, good, good. You know, very exciting show this year. Lots of great, great new things announced. Mm -hmm. um, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, major, major product announcements. It was much uh, more interesting than last year. And, right. uh, you know, as always, it's it's fun to go to Taiwan. We get to visit different company offices and see yeah. see different things that, you know, we couldn't see here. So we got to visit uh, MSI's office. Somebody else got to visit Asus's office, Acer's office. I got to visit the ASRock uh, office. Nice. So, uh, so we all got to, you know, get like a little uh, tour around of some of the, you know, where some of these companies are doing their work. 
Gotcha. And especially being at Tom's Hardware, uh, you know, getting to see that is is way more uh, relevant to what you're doing yeah. day to day. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, they didn't take us to like a factory or something. No, it was really, uh, you know, we just went to people's offices. So, uh, but you know, it was uh, it was cool, and seeing all of the all the interesting new new stuff, new products was cool. AMD coming out with new, announcing their new chips was a mm-hmm. big deal. Intel announcing they're finally doing ten a ten nanometer uh-huh. chip was a big deal. So you know, it's uh, it's something. Indeed. And uh, obviously, we'll talk in uh, greater detail on that during the pilch point in just a little while. Um, so on on my side, obviously, uh, Collision came down about a week ago uh, and it was such a good show. I'm so glad to have the opportunity to get to talk to those startups because we boy, do you get pitched some interesting ideas. Sometimes you're like, ooh that's crazy (laughs) and could never survive in the market but you know most of the time the stuff that they pitch there you're like that is a great idea why don't i already have it installed so (laughs) i left with a folder full of new apps on my phone (laughs) care of collision this year um and our content from that for those of you who are following along um if you go to collision.live, that is where all of that content will start showing up. Uh, but we've got a couple of events that we're behind on, so lots of stuff being published right now. Uh, also, um, it's not on a Sunday this year, which will be uh, wonderful. Uh, but the Drew Project, which is the organization I'm involved with um, in honor of my friend who died at Pulse a couple of years ago, our annual uh, fundraiser will be on the 14th this year so uh, if anybody's interested the drewproject.org is a great place to find out information and possibly donate if you would like to we would definitely appreciate it because uh we gave uh four or five uh five thousand dollar scholarships to some students uh yesterday <laughs> so uh it's always always good to have support on that but it does mean that it won't that the uh the anniversary event won't happen on a sunday so it won't uh interfere with the show so hooray That'll be the first time that that's been that way. So yeah. that'll be good. Um, anyway, so I guess with that, how about we get down to some news? Yep. This week's Nifty Gifties on F5 Live is proudly powered by the Microsoft Store. Uh, Whether you're looking for a new laptop, a phone, a tablet, or even the Johnson Controls Glass Smart Thermometer, uh, there's a little bit of everything. And kind of sticking with the topic from a moment ago, uh, the Microsoft Store even has a whole collection of uh, Pride-related products, including um, a custom type cover for the Surface Pro um, and uh, a skin for the Surface Pro and a number of other products as well. Plus, of course, things like the Samsung Galaxy S10 and a whole bunch of other products, uh, VR glasses and all kinds of stuff, all available from the Microsoft Store. And remember, if you're a student, uh, you get a a student or military, actually, you get a 10% discount on almost everything. And you can find all of that by going to f5live.tv slash Microsoft. 
so over the last year or so, uh, there has definitely been a swing in public perception on facial recognition. Um, you know, we've there was a lot of excitement over it for uh, unlocking an iPhone or a Galaxy phone or something like that. But then Amazon started selling their technology to the government and the public perception has changed significantly. Um, and there have even been like employee and public protests against Amazon and Microsoft uh, for developing this technology and allowing the government um, access to it. And despite all of that, a school district in New York State, as of tomorrow, this, this coming Monday, um, will be implementing it in their schools. Now, the school district claims that the intention is to um, be able to identify uh, people who are not supposed to be there ahead of time, uh, people who are there to do harm, um, you know, uh, sex offenders, people like that. But there is a lot that would have to <laughs> have to go into setting this up to to make that possible, including having a database of faces of acceptable people, which I think is weird myself. Plus, of course, we know that how easy it is to to trick facial recognition, right? I think the iPhone can be unlocked with a photo. Uh, the last I heard, the Galaxy S9, I don't know about the 10, uh, was unlocked by a twin. Um, so, you know, facial recognition is not infallible. So this seems like a weird move to me. Mm. What do you think, Abram? Uh, yeah, I mean, look everybody wants to have to have higher security at schools mm -hmm. there's you know especially with all of the you know things that have happened it's all the violence that's sure. happened at schools sure nobody wants to be the one the administrator or the principal or whatever of the school that has uh, a, a horrible event mm -hmm. so you know they will bend over backwards to control to do what they can and even um, and even less they want to be the one that the news says, oh yeah, by the way, they knew six months ago that something was going to happen because of this person and they ignored it. Right, exactly. So, you know, I get why they want to do it. Obviously, like so many other things in our society in the last, you know, many years, you know, it's security first, privacy later. Um, sure. Even if, even if the security is not necessarily accurate. Mm -hmm. So you know what you know what what can you really what can you really say i mean it, it seems like if it's not working accurately they shouldn't do it but you know i who can blame a school for 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 doing everything in their power to say you know to say that they're protecting the kids sure um and and the uh the director of technology for the school district um did say that they tested the technology from what it sounds like they did a single test with a pair of twins and it didn't work. So, oh. so they only ran one test and the single test was a failure and they said, eh, good enough. It seems, seems sketchy to me if that's the case. Um, hopefully his quote is poor 
right. hopefully the guy just didn't speak well and they ran more than yeah. one test and they only had one failure yeah. but the way he spoke sure, sure sounded like they only ran one test and it yeah. was a failure so that's not that's not great yeah. my my fear is that for facial recognition to work there has to be a database either of except like a whitelist or a blacklist right yeah and so a yeah. whitelist would mean that every child in the school district's face would be in a database that could then be a problem right because technology like this is going to be a lightning rod for hacktivists to yeah. to prove that it's a bad idea so they're going to try and get that database of children's photos. Ooh, that's not great. The other side is you've got a blacklist, but that means what? You've got to have an active database of the people who aren't allowed in the school. Well, that's not ever going to work because it's never. <laughs> yeah, it's always a surprise, seemingly, when the wrong person is in the school. So the person who comes in is not going to be on the blacklist and it's not going to work anyway. It just, it just seems like this is so far from usable right now. Yeah. And with the, with the controversy over the technology, the fact that there have been anti-government use of facial recognition protests, it seems like a weird time to do this. Um, the superintendent basically said that, yeah, we don't care about public opinion. Uh, it's legal. So, uh, we don't care which is also a weird stance like uh, it's legal so eh. <laughs> also a statement that seems like it's inviting trouble to me right yeah so i i don't know what's going to happen here the new york civil liberties union has already said that that they're gonna try and fight this so it I don't know. It just seems like a weird move today with, you know, Facebook constantly being attacked for things like this for the for the school district to go, nah, we'll do it right. They've got all the money, but we'll we're the ones that will get it right. <laughs> it just seems crazy, but I guess we'll see what happens over the next couple of weeks between them and the New York Civil Liberties Union. I don't know. Yep. Do you know where um, Lock where Lockport is? No. Okay. Well, no. then it's probably nowhere near you then. <laughs> no, no. <That laughs> sounds like it could be upstate. Yeah, probably. Uh, so obviously we'll keep we'll keep our eyes on this as things go because uh, weird. And that music means it's time for the Pilch Point uh, <laughs> with Avram Pilch. This week's Pilch Point is uh, probably powered by Newegg. Um, whether you're building a new PC or upgrading the existing one, Newegg has everything you need to make that happen. Whether you need uh, processors and motherboards, power supplies, or you're looking for uh, closed components like monitors or full systems, uh, Newegg's got it all. They've even got a whole bunch of maker products, which I know is a huge market right now, including Raspberry Pi and uh, Arduino stuff. 
all available, and they have daily deals um, where they've got gaming laptops and PCs and even um, uh, Bluetooth audio systems on sale, and they change every day. Uh, to find all of those deals, you can go to pilchpoint.live slash newegg. I forgot how our show opened there for a second. We haven't opened it that way in like four years. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Anyway, so let's pretend like we've been doing this for a while and let's let's talk about Computex because that just finished up, right? Yes. So the biggest hardware show of the year uh, for PCs anyway, uh, more important than CES in a lot of ways, uh, was in Taiwan last week. And I was there along with uh, five other members of the Tom's Hardware staff. Uh, we were covering all the big announcements and all the new products. And, uh, you know, we even got to visit some some of the companies, uh, major companies offices. But the big news. So let's talk about what the, the most uh, important products were that we that we saw at the show. So um, and you can see, of course, our list of uh, best of Computex and coolest stuff that we saw at Computex, which didn't make the best list, and coolest case mods, and a lot of other coverage at tomshardware.com. Uh, but to start with the things that were, were on our best list, uh, AMD uh, blew everybody away uh, when, as expected, they announced the new third-generation Ryzen desktop chips. They're, they now are going to have a 12-core, 24-thread uh, processor that is going called a Ryzen 9 that is going to be available July 7th. All of their new processors are going to be available on July 7th because it's uh, their 7 nanometer processors, so 7.7 seven for the 7 nanometer. And they are charging a lot. Uh, you know, their top-of-the-line processor, their Ryzen 9, is 499, the best uh, Intel processor you can get is eight cores for that price. So they're obviously, you know, out out coring Intel. Mm -hmm. Whether that translates to better performance in the apps that people care about, like gaming, is is kind of an open question. But you're certainly going to get a lot of threads and a lot of cores, whether you get that or you get the Ryzen seven. Uh, you know, one of the, one of their other processors. Uh, this is obviously going to be. Uh, you know, be big. And the other thing that's really important about the new third generation Ryzen is that the if you get the the new motherboards, the new X570 motherboards to go with them, you will have support for PCIe 4.0. You will. So what that means is you can have an SSD that is a lot faster than um, than the current SSDs because it can it can saturate, it can go, it has more bandwidth to go. Mm -hmm. So uh, Gigabyte, um, Gigabyte, Patriot Memory, and Corsair all announced SSDs that are going to use the same controller, the Fizon E13 controller, that's going to allow them to get up to about five gigabytes a second uh, if you use them on the PCIe, if you use them on something that has PCIe 4. So... Wow. You know, that's really impressive considering like a top of the line M2 SSD today is maybe 2000, 2500, usually less than 2000 uh, megabytes per second. Mm -hmm. So 
so this is more than double that. And faster drives are coming still, and it's possible that in a year or so we'll see ones that are eight gigabytes a second. So, uh, so, but Intel right now does not support PCIe four. However, we all know that Intel's almost certainly going to support it next year. Mm-hmm. So, so these companies, uh, these companies are a little bit ahead of the curve um, of what we're all going to see. Now, speaking of things that are ahead of the curve a little bit, MSI showed off their GT76 Titan laptop. This is a laptop that has a desktop Core i9-9900K CPU inside where all all eight cores are running at 5 gigahertz all the time. They're running overclocked. They, it, the thing has a ridiculous amount of heat pipes and fans to make sure that it's cool enough to stay overclocked like that. So, wow. uh, so it's an impressive feat of engineering. Obviously, it's it's around nine pounds, and it's gonna be, it's gonna be, I think, thirty five hundred dollars or so. So certainly gonna have to spend some money to get it and be willing to carry something heavy. Um, but if you're the person that it's designed for, like if a professional gamer, pretty yeah, much, yeah, or or a professional esports gamer, or or somebody even maybe you know somebody who needs a laptop to do video editing out in the wild, like you know somebody. Th- there's a very specific niche market for this and most of those people are going to know what they're getting themselves into before they purchase it they know it's going to be more expensive and they know it's going to be heavy right yeah yeah so um anyway uh so that that was pretty cool uh asus announced its zenbook pro duo which is the latest in the line of you know, which is a laptop that has a second screen above the keyboard. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, obviously, I think the jury's out on whether people want a second screen above the keyboard. Uh, you know, it's cool to have a second screen for sure, but if you have to look down for it, I don't know if that's a good experience. I think they're primarily primarily pushing it for like, okay, you can keep secondary information there, but I I really just want a second screen on the side of my laptop. Mm-hmm. Um, and speaking of second screens on the side of your laptop, Asus also announced the ROG XG17, a portable 17-inch monitor that operates at 240 hertz. So it is a gaming portable gaming monitor, and which is crazy. I love that. It is a portable gaming monitor, and it will not only just work with a PC; it will also work with a Nintendo Switch or. Uh, console or anything you want because it has it has an HDMI in as well as a USB C okay. uh, alt mode in so you could you could use it with anything you could even use it with your Raspberry Pi although you won't probably won't get 240 hertz out of your Raspberry Pi but you know you can use it uh, so I I imagine that when you're using it like with a switch the switch can't power it right you'd have to because no, it's no, coming yeah. off of HDMI you'd have to power it separately when you're using yes. something like that okay. Yes, yes, yeah. Um, that's true. You you will. Um, obviously, uh, it's a great show for PC components. Uh, so we saw a lot of crazy case designs. Um, you know, one of my favorites is the um, P200 from uh, Thermaltake. 
it is just basically a block of coolant. That wow. is what it is. It looks like a nice block of ice. It is a just a clear block that stands up and you put all of your components, you attach, screw all of your components onto the side of it. It holds coolant, like whatever coolant you want. You run the you run the tubes, uh, you know, to how you want to do it, and that's it. That's your that's your cooling solution, and everything is exposed to the air. It's like, and it's RGB too, so it looks like everything, all of your components, your power supply, your motherboard are stuck to a, a block of RGB ice. Um, is I, what it looks like. I saw photos of this, and yeah. it looks so cool i don't know how practical it is in the real world not but not 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 practical but, but it's so cool to look at but you know uh you know we saw many practical cases um uh, but but that one was kind of um kind of fun the uh another one that was kind of fun although that this is not exactly brand new as they keep reiterating on the same design is the Leanne lee dk04 that is a desk that is a computer uh you it's a hydraulic desk that you can you know use a button to lift up and down so you can make a standing desk or whatever height you want under the glass is where you put your computer your components uh it is a it is a chassis uh and you put they also have the dko5 which is larger and fits two computers under the under the hood um but what's also neat is if you don't want people looking at the under the glass and seeing your beautiful computer that you created there's a fog button and it like uses I've, i'm not sure exactly the science of this it uses an electric current to like uh -huh. make the glass change state so that it now it's opaque um sort of like i know there's some bathroom stalls like this uh -huh. anyway um anyway it's uh you know that that's really cool i mean it's going to be like 1500 dollars or more so you got to really like the idea of it but um, it's a it's a cool idea to have your your desk be the computer um, for for sure uh, you know and uh, one more cool idea I want to mention we have a lot more on on the site is the uh, Steel Series Apex Pro keyboard mm -hmm. so this is a I don't think anybody has done exactly this before uh, they Steel Series well known in the keyboard and mice and headset world. Uh, their new keyboard, the Apex Pro, is going to have a special switch that they have come out with. Um, and what it does is it allows you to adjust the actuation point uh, digitally between like 0.4 and 3.6 millimeters. So if you want to hit your keys a lot faster because you're in a first-person shooter, you can make it like a really low number, like 0.4, which means if you just rest your finger on the key, it's pressing. Mm -hmm. uh, but if you're worried about typos, you can make it a lot deeper actuation point. And you can actually do that on a per key basis and a per program basis. So if you like to play games that are first person shooters and you want like your WASD keys to be like super sensitive, you can do that. But then when you switch to Microsoft Word, everything goes down to a more reasonable number. So, you know, that's that's pretty cool. And it does it by using a, a, a new type of key switch design that actually uses uh, magnetic fields. So. The keys, this key switch stem never touches the contact like it does on a normal keyboard. It just goes down, and then as it's going closer and closer, the mag, uh, the magnetic sensor can sense how far away it is. Oh, you're three, you're three millimeters away, and that's the setting for actuation. Actuate. So it knows exactly how far away 
the stem is from the sensor and that's how it that's how it knows fascinating um, now one thing about this keyboard it probably won't be 100 percent to my taste because it is uses uh linear switches mm -hmm. so it's got red style switches which is kind of what you would want for something where you're trying to adjust the actuation but i like this but i really like like my clicky switches for typing so uh, you know this this isn't that and really can't be because of how but a lot of people especially gamers they love their linear red style switches and and that's what this has in a way you can adjust so very cool yeah that is cool i i had read a little bit about that keyboard but not enough it's definitely not to that extent uh that's it's really cool to hear how it works um because it's, it's obviously it's a fascinating idea and unique because you know what you, when you're typing typing versus when you're playing a game you know what you want is very different and having to swap out keyboards or something like that is not not fun so having one that can adjust to what you're doing i love uh, see now what I would that yes, it's really innovative. I don't know if this is physically possible I would love to someone create a keyboard that would allow you to adjust the feel of the keys mm -hmm. Not just the actuation point, but how they feel like oh, I want a clicky key right now I want it really clicky, you know, oh, I want I want a linear key right now Let me flick a switch. I have no idea how you could do that because these all require different types of mechanical key mm -hmm. unless you somehow use magnets to change the feel of the key but um, to create resistance to create resistance for you but um anyway huh. uh that but uh, this is a really uh you know really interesting keyboard and you know we look forward to testing it anyway i recommend everybody uh go to tomshardware.com check out our list of best of computex our list of coolest things at computex and our list of craziest case mods at computex which we picked only 20 out of the like 100 we saw but number one is the Heineken beer dispensing case. I saw that. So, and yes, I can attest that Cherie actually drank a beer from it. Uh, the beer is the beer is real. Um, Why doesn't that surprise me? Yeah. No, no doubt. <laughs> that's that's great. I love that. Uh, well, I, I was following along as best I could throughout Computex and. Uh, I have not seen the wrap-ups yet, so I look forward to, to checking those out on Tom's Hardware. Well, as always, Avram, I appreciate you telling me about things that I wasn't able to attend. And uh, obviously, we'll have more of it soon. This week's Extra Life on F5 Live is proudly powered by Razer. Um, all the accessories you need to up your game on both PC and console are available from Razer. Whether you're looking for a mouse and keyboard, a, a webcam, or uh, any, even a full laptop, uh, Razer is uh, the source for all of that. And right now they've got two really cool uh 
custom sets that are available. The first is the Stormtrooper Edition. There is a Black uh, Black Widow keyboard um, and Atheris, I think is how it's pronounced, uh, mouse, and then uh, their Goliathus giant uh, mouse pad, all available with uh, with Stormtroopers uh, in the design, and they all look pretty cool, even for me, who has very little interest in Star Wars. Uh, but then they have also added a Mercury and a Quartz uh, collection to their products. The Mercury is all white in a really cool way, and the Quartz is um, uh, a pinkish. Well, no, I guess it's pretty in-your-face pink. Um, and everything from the the mics and the headphones to the laptops themselves uh, can be purchased in these new colors. You can find out about all of that by going to f5live.tv slash razor. As somebody who occasionally likes white technology, especially for gaming stuff, the uh, the Mercury collection is pretty cool. Anyway, that's not what we're going to talk about. We're actually going to talk about PC gaming and Microsoft's seemingly ever-shifting commitment to it. Uh, we all remember the weirdness that was um, games for Windows Live that uh, expired in 2013. Uh, leaving people who had made purchases there out <laughs> um, to be quickly followed by uh, Xbox on Windows, which Microsoft uh, had committed uh, right up front to to not let it be games for Windows Live. And so far, so good. Uh, in fact, it seems like every time uh, every time you get a Windows update, certainly your uh, your semi annual big windows updates like we just had uh last week uh the xbox game bar gets better with way way new features cool stuff um you know you can control everything from mixer streaming to volume you can even see uh, system performance all on one screen now which is really nice <clears throat> but there's always been that kind of fear of what was going to happen and microsoft in an attempt to alleviate some of that has in their pre-E3 made uh, two big announcements. One is not a surprise. Uh, Avery and I talked about it a couple of weeks back, and by that I probably mean last quarter. Uh, uh, and that is um, Xbox Game Pass coming to the PC. Xbox Game Pass, for those who don't know, is the subscription service uh, where for however much per month uh it's ten dollars a month on the on the xbox we don't know what it'll be here um you get uh unlimited access to all the games that are in the game pass right now there's about 100 titles on the xbox and they they rotate so you you get tired of a game good news it's going to go away at some point and something new will come in to replace it that service is coming to the pc it's not a surprise but it is exciting because you know we we talked about the rumors a while back but it is nice to see them say yes it is coming to pc and they've already got um a list of some of the launch titles what they don't have is when it will launch what it will cost <laughs> um my guess is in a couple of weeks at e3 we will hear uh the numbers the dates and prices but for me i think this is a good thing abram yeah, I mean, it gives more opportunity for people to play more to to get more value on their PC. So, 
you know, I think I think that's good that my you know, obviously Microsoft is trying to to capture PC gamers as well as Xbox gamers as as they should be. Uh, and as one a, thing we and as a single group. Yeah. I mean, because I think they see people go back and forth between console and PC. Sure. I I do. Um some now I do most of it with my Xbox controller, but I do go back and forth. Sometimes I'll play games on the Xbox, sometimes on the PC. Uh, it kind of depends on where where I have an exciting new game or where I'm reviewing a new game for the site. Um, but I do I do bounce back and forth. You know, uh, if if Amazon if Twitch Prime puts out a game that I just can't I just can't skip. I'll go over to the PC if Xbox Live has a game and you know Portal is free for those who haven't played it uh, right now for the Xbox. So, you know, so a game like that, maybe you'll swap back over to over to the Xbox. So, yeah, I'm right there with you. I, I go back and forth all the time. Uh, but to not have to pay 60 bucks every time, right? A couple yeah, yeah. a couple times a month to pay 10 bucks and know that any new Microsoft games you know, anything from Xbox Studios is going to be available to you. That's a that's a pretty great, pretty great yeah. setup as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, that's a that's a good deal. Yeah, that's a good deal. But of course, if you're not interested in essentially le- leasing the game, which is what uh, this situation is, because when it leaves the the collection, it leaves your collection, uh, and you want you want to continue to purchase them for PC. Uh, obviously, Microsoft Studios or Xbox Studios has been using. Uh, the Microsoft Store as its distribution platform. But starting now, um, the Xbox Studios catalog, all new PC games from Xbox Studios will be available through Steam as well as the Microsoft Store, which is also a big deal because if you have the fear that the Xbox for PC will one day go the same way as games for Windows Live... Uh, there's very little fear that Steam will ever go that way. And so you have a second option on how to purchase games. Um, So your platform of choice, you're not being locked into anything, which really falls into Microsoft's make stuff available everywhere methodology that has come into play since Satya took over the company uh, from Balmer, who had a very Microsoft-first philosophy, so much so that office for ipad had already been done for six months but he wouldn't release it because the windows 8 version wasn't available yet whereas satya is like you want outlook on your iphone whatevs here it is so yeah it's a very it's a very different methodology and this definitely falls into that that business model right yep so so if you want to buy halo and that's it's a good example uh the halo collection or basically anything new coming from microsoft it will all be available on steam and as of as of uh yesterday afternoon um there were i think 49 xbox studios titles available on steam already so they're even adding the back catalog stuff in so they are committed to this change and i think it's i think it's a good one it's it's definitely the anti apple model right it's everything has to be us microsoft's like well 
wherever you are, we want to be there too. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Uh, and again, we will hear more about both of these um, next. Oh yeah, I guess it's next Sunday, right? Is there is there E3 press conference? So uh, we will literally probably be talking about it during the show uh next sunday because i think the press conference is like an hour before the show so yep uh that will be our our uh gaming topic next week will be microsoft's e3 press conference so uh we'll have a whole lot more information next week and uh we will definitely share that with you then This week's news from the tubes on F5 Live is probably powered by Rift Tracks. Make fun of movies or uh, let these guys do it for you. Mike Nelson, Bill Corvett, and Kevin Murphy, the former stars of Mystery Science Theater 3000, are back and doing what they do best, creating commentaries for Hollywood blockbusters and B-movie oddities like Octoman, which was their most recent live event. Uh, which we'll talk about in just a second. The way it usually works is for a couple of bucks, you download the MP3, you play it along with your DVD, Netflix, Amazon, wherever the movie happens to exist, and laugh. Uh, some of the some of the titles are also available as full video, uh, usually including their uh, live uh, events. And speaking of live events, they do a couple of them a year. Uh, the next live event will be Star Raiders, which is actually this week. Um, it'll be on June 6th, and then uh, a replay on the 11th in theaters nationwide. To find out all of the theaters, you can see um, their live events, and to find out all the movies that are available, you can go to f5live.tv slash tracks with an X. They've changed their preview player on the website, and it got me all confused. So, so used to stealing my information. <laughs> during the promo and it doesn't work anymore anyway so anytime something becomes popular inevitably becomes a platform for advertising it's just the way the world works um and the one platform that has seemed to be immune to this uh thanks to its uh its moderation team has been wikipedia yes companies figure out ways to manipulate their own pages um to to best suit their own information. But <laughs> this week, or over the last couple of months apparently, um, the the marketing team Leo Burnett TaylorMade, on behalf of the North Face, decided to try something different. And the thing they tried was um, taking advantage of Wikipedia's very, very high search ranking for both content and photos to put the North Face logo in more places. And here's how they did it. They went looking for some of the most searched for uh, natural beauties, places that people are looking for, places that people want to go. They found them on Wikipedia. And after traveling there with models and North Face uh, products, took photos and replaced the photos on Wikipedia of the location with their photos of the location, just with a semi-conspicuous North Face logo featured in the image. So if it's a mountain range, 
rather than just a photo from the top of a mountain uh, onto the range, they would replace it with maybe a hiker with a North Face backpack looking out over that same mountain range from a similar peak. So the photos didn't change significantly. The photos continued to represent the locations and the North Face logo appeared all over the internet because more often than not, Wikipedia is the first image that is found in Google search under the images tab. Pretty brilliant. And they would have gotten away with it if it weren't for those pesky uh, <laughs> video producers at TaylorMade who produced a video extolling the virtues of their essentially vandalism on Wikipedia. And if they hadn't claimed to have collaborated with Wikipedia on this scheme, Wikipedia probably would have kept it quiet. And just said, hey, guys, we're reverting all your stuff. Do it again, and we're going to make you look stupid. But they claimed to have collaborated with Wikipedia, so Wikipedia had to put an end to it. So they called them out publicly, <laughs> reverted all of the changes, and have essentially made it so that these guys, anything that comes from the IP addresses, uh, will get flagged. And now... Obviously, moderation's going to go up on everything because these guys had a really clever approach to owning uh, Google Image Search. Yeah, well, that that's really smart. But the thing is, I'm surprised it took them saying something to get caught because Wikipedia, the people who edit Wikipedia are hardcore. Yeah, they are. Like, like you edit something and they will like almost immediately edit it back uh-huh you know i can't say how many you know it hasn't happened to me too much because i don't go in and try but i know you know certain times at my job or whatever we've i think we've tried to like edit things like even our own entry entries about ourselves you know and and things get get reverted back so well, like especially if you edit something about yourself because wikipedia has a has a policy that no firsthand information can be used Oh, fair enough. But Which even is fascinating. Like, but even like, let's say, I don't know. Yeah, I think we tried once a long time ago, like, oh, here's a page about this laptop. And there are all these references to it. Mm -hmm. Could we make our review one of the references or uh -huh. something like that? You know, but but you people are, are watching like a hawk. Indeed. Yeah. Um, we have, I think, on the, the page for John DiMaggio, The Voice of Bender, I think the link to our interview with him is still on his Wikipedia and possibly Maurice LaMarche, uh, the brain from Pinky and the Brain. But uh, Rob Paulson's got reverted and uh, uh, Phil Lamar's got reverted <laughs> within like hours of making the change. So, yeah, I'm right there with you. I've I've watched it happen myself. And that's relevant content, too. It's uh -huh. not like you were just, scan you know. Right. But yeah, so like, yeah, I think we'd all like to get more placement in Wikipedia, but it's one of those things where the people guard it very, very carefully. And, uh -huh. Yeah. I, uh, just as, just this week, um, one of my favorite shows, American Ninja Warrior came back, uh, and I, and the, the field reporter changed. It's not Christine Leahy anymore. And so I went to find out 
And somebody linked to Wikipedia and said, no, she announced last year that she wasn't coming back for 2019. And I went to Wikipedia and it didn't say that. And so I went and I looked through just the edit history. And this one comment about her not returning to her show on some t on TV, I don't remember what, and her not returning to American Ninja Warrior was up and down so many times over like a six month period. Somebody would put it in, somebody would revert it. Somebody would put it in, somebody would revert it. Um, it was fascinating to look at. So yeah, it's surprising that nobody said, no, 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 no. There's a logo in here. You're up to something. Yeah, I'm, I'm very, I'm very surprised. Or, or yeah. maybe, maybe the moderators for the Rocky Mountains, or you know, wherever, whatever pages they went after, maybe they're not as hardcore as sports and tech people. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, I really wish I could figure out like how to pitch whoever the editors are for the pages like mm -hmm. hey we've got this really relevant information for you mm -hmm. you know um but uh yeah it's one of those things it's one of those things so i've kind of as someone who likes to get good search placement i i kind of admire what they tried to do on the other hand on the other hand uh wikipedia was absolutely right to kick them out so yeah because it for a number of reasons the most important being that it absolutely violates the the uh, community standards policy of Wikipedia. Yeah. It is very clear that you cannot do that. Yeah. <laughs> so um, obviously it's all been reverted back at this point and um, the North Face and uh, Taylor made have both issued apologies um, saying we didn't mean to harm anybody. We just we just wanted to advertise on your site without paying anything, <laughs> which didn't go well, but whatever. Anyway, um, fascinating experiment and you gotta give them credit for trying but uh there was no way it was gonna last especially when you go out and brag like a moron that that was their undoing This week's DRM Not Included on F5 Live is proudly powered by Amazon Prime. You know your basic benefits, but you may not know that there's a whole bunch of stuff that you get as part of Prime, like Amazon Prime Music, which gives you several million tracks available to stream for free, uh, Abram's favorite, Amazon Prime Video, which has TV, movies, documentaries, both original and licensed content available as part of your subscription. Then there's my favorite, which is Twitch Prime, which gives you one free subscription to a channel of your choice. You can use that to help support us at Plug Hits Live or your uh, your or any other content creator that you want to support. Uh, you also get free games every month, which we discussed a little while ago. Um, they change all the time, and they are yours to keep and play uh, on your PC all you want. I play them way too often, and more often than not, when I switch back to PC gaming, it's because of an Amazon Prime game, uh, or a Switch Prime game. And if you have a Nintendo Switch, you can get a free year of Switch online right now, all part of your subscription. And the best part is uh, we have links to make it easy for you to find all of these features. Uh, and if you're not a current subscriber, we've got a 30-day free trial to help you find out if uh, the service is for you. And all of that can be found at f5live.tv prime.
So in the online media space, probably one of the longest running brands is also one of the uh, most convoluted and uh, hated brands, and that is iTunes. The software launched in 2001. Yes, it is old enough to vote, and or at least will be in October. Um, it is obviously very old software, and uh, when it first launched, it was designed to be the legal Napster, which is a fun name to get to say, uh, a place where you could legally purchase music instead of uh, downloading it from Napster. And over the years, it has added all kinds of things to it. And when you take something that was originally very focused and start globbing things onto it, it becomes convoluted which is where we are with iTunes. It's got podcasts, it's got TV and movies, it's got uh, music, it's the way you sync ringtones to your iPhone. It is just the way too much for a single platform. So nothing has context. And if you've ever tried to sync a ringtone to your phone and tried to sync music to your phone, the process, very different. Uh, and so, uh, just like Apple has done with the iPhone itself, where there is no longer an iTunes app on the phone, there's an Apple TV, an Apple Music, uh, Apple Podcasts, there are individual apps for the individual contexts, we hear that tomorrow, in what, about 12 hours, give or take, from where we are live, um, Apple will be... Uh, announcing the retirement of iTunes and the release of individual apps for the individual contexts, just like uh, on the phone, which for me is a much better idea. I think if you keep things, if you keep contexts nice and tight, they're way easier to use. Um, but for Apple users, it might be a confusing switch. If you only use the PC or God forbid you use iTunes on Windows, it might be a confusing switch for you, right? Yeah. Well, death of a long, death of an old brand. Mm -hmm. Death of the, a very old brand. The the origin of basically the almost the beginning of the i, right? I yes. Mean, the iMac I think was the only thing before it. Yeah, iMac, iTunes, i iPod. Well, yeah, I guess it was iPod come after iTunes or before iTunes? Uh, the iTunes software was available shortly before the iPod, like by a matter of months. Okay, so they were both 2001. Right. So, so right. So you've got the iPod and you've got the iTunes and you've got the iPhone and Which the was, iPad. Yep. The phone was seven. The pad was 10, I think. Right. So I got to think that. Apple wants to get rid of this eye stuff. It wants to get rid of the eye branding. Which I have been saying, I have been saying for a couple of years. Um, obviously, we've seen all of their new products launch sans the eye. And I don't blame them because they lost control over it, right? There's the company that we see at CES every year, eye devices, that makes a, a grill thermometer. Like, they totally I lost. Uh-huh. They totally lost control of the brand. Um and that was inevitable. <laughs> there was no way they weren't going to lose control of that because you couldn't, there was no way they could trademark the lowercase i. I mean, Logitech had it 
before them, right? There was the iPhone from Logitech long before there was uh, yeah, the iPhone from Apple. So, you know, they there was there was no way they were going to maintain control over that. And I think putting the, the Apple logo, the Apple Watch and things like that, I think is a way better idea for them. Yeah, also think about this. The I stood for Internet because... Oh, this new thing called the internet. Now uh-huh. that people have had mass availability and use of the internet for over 20 years, yep. uh, you you don't need to call out the fact that something has to do with the internet. Uh huh. Yeah. It's not new anymore. Nor is it exciting. Right. It's not new and exciting anymore. Like you should probably just change email to mail. Right. <laughs> It, I was going to say, it is just as obnoxious as as computer terms starting with an E having tech terms start with an I. They are equally obnoxious. Right. E-commerce. So, nope. It's just it's just buying stuff. Don't you don't need to say e-commerce. Right. I mean, I think they're trying to distinguish online from offline. But and, and I understand why you need to do that. But then considering which one is dominant, maybe you should just switch them around. Uh huh. Maybe it should be O-commerce. <laughs> <laughs> for for when you're at the store uh-huh. uh you know or bnm s mail for when you send a letter <laughs> you know because you know what's more common now the yeah. electronic one absolutely you know it's i think with phone right do people it's becoming a point where i don't think people say smartphone very much anymore no right it's just my phone yeah exactly because most people only have that phone today right so if you were one of those people who has a a non-smartphone that then it behooves you to say i have a dumb phone or, or a, i have or, a feature phone or a landline or a landline to, to call out the oddity makes sense and today something being internet connected not an oddity because um you know i've right. got i got light switches that are internet connected it's not interesting right. Right. Everything, <laughs> everything's internet connected. So you can't really, you know, tout that as a great brand strategy. And so I understand why they would want to get rid of the eye, even if there wasn't concern about other companies using it. Yeah. So, even if they hadn't lost control over it, but you know, they did, they did try to reclaim the definition. It was, it was about personal electronics, which uh, that never oh, worked. Oh, I like uh-huh. belongs to me. Uh-huh. Which was a dumb move, but I understand why they needed to do it because exactly what we're talking about, because it being internet connected didn't make it exciting. <laughs> I, 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 oh no, I get, I get why they'd want to do it because now they're in a kind of a catch 22, right? With, mm-hmm. with the iPad and the iPhone, right? Right. Trying to they, change that name would be a disaster at this point. Uh, I bet they could, but I, I, I mean, I, but you know. There's I, so much equity in those brands I think that you kind of don't want to change it. I think the X would have been the time to do it. Yeah. There's so much equity in the, in those brands yeah. that it, you don't want to do it. But at the same time... Clear Channel changed I, all of their yeah. radio stations to iHeartMedia. Uh, because they like the I. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, it can be done. It's just not necessarily a great idea. Because yeah, you lose enough. all of that brand equity. So um, so obviously, um, 
this will be the end of another i product uh, because for sure the apps will be called apple music apple Podcasts, and apple tv <laughs> and probably something like apple sync for uh for the actual syncing of stuff to an iPhone, an iPad, things like that, which isn't all that important anymore. Most people do it through iCloud, which I have a right. feeling will be their next oh, lo yeah. loss of i, because most people forget that it even exists. It's not. It's not like forefront like Dropbox or or um uh um what? Not SkyDrive. What's it called? OneDrive. OneDrive. <laughs> wow, I could not get SkyDrive out of my head. <laughs> That's been years. Anyway, uh, you know, it's not the brand name's not forefront at all. All of the iCloud stuff kind of happens in the background. If they change the name of it, nobody would notice. Um, but you know, I I think it'll be a suite of things all called Apple something, just like it is on the phone. So I. And I, I think that's a good move for them. Um, trying to split that thing up is, I think, is important because I hate using iTunes. I hate the software. It is so big. It is so clumsy to go. If you want to, th this is my favorite, like, too much stuff is in iTunes. If you create a new Apple account and you want to uh, use it to upload a podcast to Apple Podcast Connect, you have to go to a desktop and open iTunes and go to a thing where it's going to ask you to add a credit card and you have to hit skip before you can go add a podcast to Apple Podcasts. What? Like, wait, way too much stuff tries to run through iTunes. And pulling back on that strategy, I think, is the best case scenario for consumers. So, um, fingers crossed. Goodbye tomorrow to iTunes. Um, very few of us will miss you. And that is our show. Thank you to those of you who joined us live. We appreciate you coming back after our hiatus last month. Um, there, Like I said at the beginning of the show, there is a lot of new content coming. We've got... Um, I've got three different events up on the whiteboard uh, for publishing right now, and none of that is the 80-something interviews we did at Collision. So, there is a lot of new content coming, plus um, we've got all kinds of new product reviews. You'll notice that for the first time in like six or seven years, I have new headphones on my head. Uh, during the show. These are actually review headphones. So I'm doing two different product reviews while we're doing this show right now because this microphone's a product review as well. So we've got all kinds of new product reviews. Oh, and uh, the cable that you're hearing me on if you're watching live is also a product review. Anyway, uh, lots of new stuff coming. So definitely check out the site. PlugHitsLive.com uh, will be your, your central repository for everything new. So definitely check it out. And uh, on behalf of the staff that's not here, I'm Scott. I'm Abram. And we will see you guys back next week. Ciao.